welcome in a special second edition of the week here on the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. For the first time ever, we are bringing you uh, an episode for the second time in a week. We've got a lot of Big Sky Conference basketball that we're going to break down on this episode. We're going to unveil our preseason all-conference teams and our preseason ballots. Those were released uh, on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. We're coming to you on a Thursday night here at the Idaho State Journal. I'm Madison Guernsey. With me, as always, is Andrew Houghton. Uh, Special edition podcast, folks. Yeah, you lucky dogs. Not (laughs) only do you get a second ISJ Sports podcast in a week, but it's our basketball blowout bonanza podcast. I like We're that. Go over that's a lot of bees. Yeah, yeah, three bees, baby. <laughs> Big baller brand. Big baller brand basketball blowout bonanza. Big sky basketball blowout bonanza. Great. Exactly. Uh, we're gonna go over our all conference teams, the all conference teams that just came out for both men and women. We're gonna go over our preseason polls, reveal our ballots, talk about what we had different um, than the uh, than the rest of the media talk about what we think the general shape of the conference is this year, and we're, we're really excited about that. You know, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Madison's got a new coach, a lot of new players to cover uh, with the Idaho State men's basketball team. I, of course, have a very established coach, but it'll be my first time covering them, so I think we're both sort of really fired up for this season. So We are, yeah, and uh, why don't we start on on the women's side, because I think that that poll, based on the results and how the votes shook out that seems to be a much more um wide open and sort of uh a lot of unknowns going on on the women's side of the conference this year yeah you know this of course when i came into the office and just agonized over <laughs> how i was going to place these teams for a solid hour you know i was he did I, yeah i was pulling my hair out the the thing with the women's basketball in the big sky conference this year is that there's there's just an unprecedented power vacuum at the top of the conference this year i mean for the you know, for the last couple of years, the Big Sky has been dominated by some of the greatest players in the history of the conference, mm-hmm. and you knew what you were getting from them every year, and you knew that their teams were going to be good every year, and that gave you a starting place, and it gave you a constant that just didn't change, because the Splash Sisters at Idaho, Savannah Smith at Northern Colorado, had been good for so long, you know? Yeah, why don't you uh, break down the results of the media poll, and we can talk about that and then we can talk about uh how how your your ballot might have been different yeah so i mean i think you saw sort of the results of that nobody knows what's going to happen this year because there are not the players that there have been in the past there are not sort of the dynasties that have been in the past you know a lot of people graduated and so we saw seven teams seven out of 13 get a first place vote in the media poll this week yeah. uh the the first four in both the coaches and media poll were the same uh montana state Idaho, Portland State, then Idaho State uh, were the same in both the coaches and the media poll. After that, it got a little bit uh, shaky between the two, but you know, I think since Idaho State was in that top four, we can talk about them first. Yeah. Uh, I did not have any of those teams in the first spot in my ballot. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was your Who was your preseason champion, and why? I went I went with Eastern Washington as the preseason champion and that was the the one vote that the Eagles got the one first the one place first place vote one pr- first place vote that the Eastern Washington Eagles got was for me which that doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing like as you said seven teams got at least one first place vote so like no one really knew how to vote for the how to vote in this thing right right i mean yeah. eastern finished uh 6th in the media poll 7th in the coaches poll 
the reason I like Eastern is because I think they're really deep. I was really impressed by what they did. Um, on the road to, you know, they made the, the conference tournament final last year. Yeah. Um, before losing to Portland State. They had a lot of good young talent. And, you know, I think, you know, I didn't, I also didn't put an Eastern Washington player on my preseason mm-hmm. all-conference team, you know? So this is this is me kind of going out on a limb and, and saying that they'll be good. But I think, you know, they had Grace Kirscher, who was honorable mention all-conference last season, I believe, as a freshman. Um, they've got a, a good big in Bella Cravens, who mm-hmm. didn't put up the stats last year. But if you watched her, you know, I watched her in Boise, just a really impressive player, good rebounder, good post defender. Uh, the freshman, Jessica McDowell-White, had, of course, you know, the play of the season yeah. last year. She, what, there was like the closing seconds of the semifinal game against Northern Colorado, and she inbounded it off of Savannah Smith and made a layup, and that was it. It was nuts. Yeah, incredible. Not only to, to sort of have the wherewithal to notice that Savannah Smith's back is turned to you in that in that space, but also then to throw it off or catch the ball and, and finish through contact for an and one is you know, Savannah was sort of swiping at the ball. And this was with, like, what, two or three seconds left in the game right. at this point. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. Um, yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, we, we set up a play. I'm not going to do the Australian accent. She's Australian. <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent. We, we set up a play, but I, I saw that that was a, a possibility and, and just did it. And, you know, aside from that, I mean, she's a good shooter, just a, a really heady player. So I like the mix that Eastern Washington has. And going back to that play, this has – Nothing to do with our podcast, but like th- what makes that play crazier is that it was she inbounded it off of Savannah Smith, who, as you mentioned, is like one of the best players in the history of the Big Sky. Just unbelievable, right? Yeah. Right, and you know, I mean, I could talk about this play for for days. You it's know, legendary. The, the yeah. Savannah Smith feeling the ball go off her back, like had the wherewithal to turn and swipe, and very nearly got the ball. Yeah, and like forced her to make a really tough layup through contact. Just incredible. But I I really like what Eastern Washington has this year. Uh, you know, I'm I'm out on a limb a little bit with that one. Um, after after Eastern, I had Montana State, who's sort of the consensus favorite now. Um, the Bobcats bring back one of one of only two returning all conference players last year, not counting honorable mention. Talking about first, second, third mm-hmm. team. Out of the 15 players, only two are going to be in the conference this year. Montana State has one in point guard Oleana Squires, who has a game that I really like personally. Um, she can run up tempo. She can run in the half court. Um, and then Montana State, of course, also has uh, Fallon Freya. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. The transfer from North Dakota, who uh, was a double-digit points per game scorer in North Dakota. Really good player there as they transitioned out of the Big Sky Conference, so she's got some familiarity with these teams. She was she was picked in sort of another year where nobody knows what's happening at the top. She was picked as the the preseason MVP. Yeah, and we'll get into we'll get more into the um, preseason All Conference team later, but. Yeah, go on with Montana State, sorry. Yeah, no, I and you know, I think uh, this could be the year for the Bobcats, just the talent that they have returning. I mean, Trisha Binford's been around for a while, the head coach there. Um, you know, they have a pretty decent home court advantage. I mean, when you come for all these teams down here, I mean, that's the two-game road trip through Montana, Montana State. It's a tough road trip, and yeah. you know they're, they're gonna get stuff from that. So um, you know people pick them first. I picked them second. After them, I actually matched up Portland State third on my ballot. Portland State lost an incredible amount of talent last year, but still returns their point guard, Kylie Jimenez, plus the league's top ret- reserve from a year ago, Desiree Hansen. Uh, I, I like Portland State. I mean, Portland State's made it to the one conference tournament last year, of course. Um, 
and I I really like Jimenez, which we'll we'll talk about later. I had Northern Colorado fourth. Um, Northern Colorado was was that's a little bit higher than people had them. I think Northern Colorado was fifth in the the media poll, sixth in the coaches poll. Uh, I like Ali Meyer, the their big coming back. I mean, of course, when you lose a player like Savannah Smith, yeah. What do you say? You're going to take a step. It'll back. knock you down a peg. Yeah. Yeah, right. but I I like their big Ali Meyer, and I also really like their um, one of their guards, Alexis Chapman, um, who will have to take a much bigger role in the offense this year. Um, is kind of she's she's a very good shooter, like Savannah Smith was. Obviously, not the same caliber of player, but I think she'll take a big step forward this year. Um, so I like Northern Colorado, Montana fifth, Idaho State sixth. Which yeah. I guess is the one that we should talk about, considering I'm covering them. Yeah, let's definitely dig into Idaho State, and I know that they were kind of tough for you to pick, just because they do have a good program, they have a well-established good coach in Seton Soboleski, uh, but they did lose a lot off of last year's team, and I think we were both maybe a little bit surprised to see them fourth, and they actually got three first-place votes from the media. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, talk about kind of your rationale with uh, the Idaho State women's team. Right, so the thing with, with Idaho State this year, and I know you know this, is just you have to balance the success that this program has had under Seton Soboleski and how consistently good they've been with the talent that they lost from last year. Yeah. I mean, they lost five of their top six scorers, four of their top five scorers, I believe. Um, you know, the best defender in Grace Kenyon, first-team all-conference player. Their number one ball handler is Sailor Grandin. I think she was second team all conference. Uh, you know, Sai Tapasa is not back this year. Uh, Madison Heinrichs. These are, I mean, they were they were very good last year. I mean, they won twenty games last year. Yeah. But that's just an immense amount of talent to lose. And how do you balance that? And how do you sort of say, well, you know, Seton's sort of earned the benefit of the doubt with this program here, but there's a lot of question marks on that roster. Yeah, and that's what's crazy is, like, the ISU women's program is almost at this point where, like, sometimes when you're making your your preseason polls, some teams that maybe don't look as good on paper, but they have that reputation and that pedigree will get voted higher. And it seems like the ISU women's program is at that point where, like, they're getting some good votes just because of kind of their reputation, right? Right. I mean, and yeah. if you look at look at the standings from last year, I mean, they had the same conference record as Northern Colorado last year. Yeah. In the regular season. I mean, that's an impressive data point when you're when you're looking at that and you're saying, "Well, how much worse can they be this year?" And I don't know. I just think from looking at the roster, I think that you know, the middle of the conference is is the right place for them and they could they could be a lot better than that. I'm not sure that they would be a lot worse than that just because yeah. of what Seton does and, you know, how they run that program. But I, I need to see something from a lot of players on that roster. Yeah, and they do get Dora Goals back, uh, their point guard. She missed last season with an ACL, so surely that'll help. Um, but yeah, and, and by the way, that's not a bad thing that ISU is getting reputation votes like that. No, of course that not. That speaks right. very highly of their program. That's something yeah. that not a, not a lot of the other sports programs at ISU get. None you know? of them. So yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's really impressive. Um, the other thing, I had, I had Idaho right after Idaho State. That's the other thing I, you know, the, the coaches and media had Idaho second in the conference. Hmm. Idaho's returning uh, the Clinker sisters, which is a, a good low post duo. Uh, they're returning the freshman of the year in Gina Markson, who's a player that I really, really like. Uh, Idaho is losing more than Northern Colorado because they're losing two of the greatest players in their history as opposed to just one. I mean, I think when you look at what Michaela Ferenz and, and Taylor Pierce did 
over the years at Idaho to just sort of suddenly rip them both off the roster in the same year is going to not only not only is a loss in talent, it's just a loss in, in culture and it's just like what what do you do now? And I think they're going to struggle with that a little bit. Um although I do like Markson as a player. Um so I had them all the way down to seventh. Uh, Southern Utah 8th, a little bit higher than where some people had them because I like their point guard, Rebecca Cardenas. Uh, she was hurt for most of the year last year. She came back and they upset Montana in the first round of the Big Sky Tournament. Uh, tiny, tiny little point guard. Mm, yeah. um, but, you know, good defender, great ball handler. Um, and then I have Northern Arizona, Sacramento State, Weber State. All right, so why don't you give a, just a quick rundown of how of the media poll results and then I'll uh, I'll get down to the, the men's poll results here yeah so the the media for the women voted montana state idaho portland state idaho state and then northern colorado eastern washington montana and all seven of those teams got at least one first place vote yeah uh eastern washington only because of me i guess uh (laughs) yeah i mean i think montana will be good too they if they they have to have better injury luck than they had last year uh, so we'll see. I've got them one spot ahead of Idaho State at fifth on my ballot. Um, and then it was Northern Arizona, Sacramento State, Southern Utah, Weber State to finish off the, the media poll for the women. All right. And the uh, we'll go back to the women's preseason all-conference team. I, I want to talk about the men's preseason ballot. Uh, the media poll had Montana as narrow favorites over Weber State. And that was a decision that caused a lot of controversy, I did, which we can talk about. I did see a little bit of that on Twitter, yeah. So we had Montana 1, Weber State 2, Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, Portland State, Montana State, Northern Arizona, Sacramento State, Idaho State in 10th, and then Idaho bringing up the rear. Um, I it, On a previous episode, I talked a little bit about my ballot and, and, and how I voted. Um, and just by looking at the results, next to my results, I was I was pretty much one spot off on most teams from where the rest of the media had them. Uh, one big difference is I had Weber State as my preseason champion over Montana. Uh, I had Montana second, so I just had them flipped. Uh, but my my reasoning for that is Weber State brings back Jarek Harding, who is the returning leading scorer in the league. He's probably going to lead the league in scoring this year they also bring back Cody John who was their second leading scorer and has played 97 games over three years they bring back Israel Barnes who started 29 games as a freshman and they also bring back um Michelle Kozak and Caleb Nero I hope I'm saying those names right and so anyway that's five of their eight rotation guys right from last year and on the other yeah. hand Montana Montana lost, lost five starters they lost four or five starters yeah um and so but I still have them second because they bring back Saeed Pridgett. I think he's really good, and they're also just one of those programs that is always good and it always has you know players kind of waiting in the wings, and they're well-coached, just like Weber State. Right. I mean, yeah. the controversy on Twitter was sort of people were, were sort of aghast that, that the media would vote Montana number one, and like, is that just a reputation vote? Right. And stuff like that, because, I mean, when you look at what they lost, they lost starting point guard, starting center. I mean, basically everybody except Pridgett, and Kendall Manuel, who played meaningful minutes last year. I mean, Timmy Falls is coming back. He played a decent amount of minutes, and and that's it. I mean, and they lost some of the greatest players in the history of the program. Yeah. Um, and so it was like I, people sort of were like, well, are they just looking at the standings? Are they voting off reputation? I think I think you've got it right. I think I would have Weber State certainly over them and some other teams in the mix too, but I think Montana's going to be up there. 
Yeah, just because it's it's hard to imagine Montana not being up there, right? Just because right. they're one of those teams that, like I said, is just always good and recruits well and has good history. Yeah, I mean, individually, yeah. if you want to make a case for Montana as your number one team, I think you can make a case for that. But to see the majority, or I guess a plurality, of the media members in the conference vote for them number one was a little bit shocking. And I think it ended up being that Montana got 13 first place votes and Weber State got 12. 12. So it right. was, it was yeah. really just really within one vote, basically. Right. Um, and then I'll, uh, I'll go down to Idaho State. They were picked 10th by the coaches and the media. I had them at 9th. Um, so right about where I picked them. ISU was a tough vote for me, and I think probably for everyone else just because half their team, if not more, is is new this season. They lost three of their top four scorers from last year, so that's tough. Um, but I still gave them the nod for ninth because I just don't think they're going to be worse than they were last year, right? Um, I think Jared Stutzman's going to have a lot better season. He had a down year last year. Ballant Moshan, once he gets back from his injury, is going to be good. Um, they're going to play defense. They're going to rebound two things that this ISU is not – done in the past. I don't think they're going to be worse than, than last year, but there's so much unknowns that you can't really, I don't think, place them much higher than that. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and looking at your sheet, sort of the, the difference between ninth and 10th was that you had Portland State behind I, them, and I, that, that was sort of the other big... That's what I was going to get to next. That yeah. my, my only really, the only big difference between my vote and the rest of the media was I had Portland State in 10th, and the rest of the media had them in 6th. Uh, Portland State, similarly to Idaho State, um, lost, I think, three – well, okay. So they they just have, first of all, a ton of new names. Um, among their returners are Holland Woods, who was their leading scorer, and Sal Nuhu, very good defender down low, and their third leading scorer. After that, their next leading scorer back, all the way down in ninth with 4.3 points per game, is Rashad Goolsby. So they lost a lot of their, like, you know, right. rotational meat there. Uh, they did bring in, like I said, a ton of transfers, including uh, Marcus Golder from Valparaiso, Matt Hauser from Santa Clara, and Alonzo Walker, who was last year at Idaho State. Uh, I think all those guys are eligible as grad transfers, so that should help, but it's it's tough when you're – the way I vote on these at least is I, I'm looking at names and it's like, okay, I don't recognize any of these names. Sure. How are they all going to fit? And sometimes transfers work out really well and sometimes they don't. Yeah, I mean the thing for me with Portland State is Portland State has Holland Woods, who's yeah. a legitimate all-conference kind of player. Yeah. And that's – I mean he – you know, I saw him hit the buzzer beater to, to – just eviscerate Montana at home last year. He's he's a great player, and when you're starting with a guy like that, I think you know that's a that's a good place to start from, and that's why I would probably have them over Idaho State. Sure. You know, I don't think they're world beaters by any means, um, but you know, having a guy like that counts for a lot in this league, and I'm not sure Idaho State does have a guy like that. And Holland Woods is a guy who's who's proven it time and time again in this league. I mean, he's been a fixture for a couple of years in this league. So that's sort yeah. of that's sort of my take. And Portland State, similar to Southern Utah, very unpredictable and inconsistent. I mean, they play full court press yeah. the entire game, and their games are always in the nineties and hundreds. And sometimes they get really good wins, like they did last year against Montana. And sometimes they lose to Idaho State. Right? Right? Like, right. Yeah, they, yeah. You just so, never know what you're going to get out of them, and so they're also just kind of hard to gauge. And being in the middle of the pack is probably appropriate. That's that, a fair yeah. point. I mean, yeah. do you want to just run down the rest of your ballot really quickly and sort of... Sure, and and, uh, and my ballot, like I said, similar to the rest of the media. Uh, I'm not going to get too much in-depth 
on on many of these, but uh, I had Weber State followed by Montana, Northern Colorado, Eastern Washington, Montana State, Southern Utah, Northern Arizona, Sac State, Idaho State, Portland State, Idaho. Um, in the actual media poll, those top four, Montana, Weber, Eastern, and UNC all got first place votes. I could see any of those teams kind of making their way up to the top. Southern Utah, too. They they bring back a, a lot of talent, but as I've said on a previous podcast, yeah. they don't play well in the regular season, and then they seemingly overperform in the postseason. Yeah, we yeah. We, we got into Southern Utah, I get, like yeah. you said, on a previous podcast a couple weeks ago. I am high on Southern Utah just because the yeah. volume of talent they're going to be able to put out on the court. I was a little bit surprised that they did not crack the top four of that media poll this year. Um, which I think is just a, a factor of, like you said, they sort of have that stigma of not playing well in the regular season. And if you're just looking at the, the standings, again, from last year, you're asking yourself, well, how much better are they actually going to be from what they were last year? I think I think they're going to be a lot better. And if you look at their roster, they're a legitimate, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them finishing first. Right. But I think just a lot of people had, had trouble sliding them into that top four, especially when you have four programs that have already sort of established themselves a little bit more. Um, even though I think Southern Utah will compete with a lot of those teams on talent. All right, let's uh, get down to the preseason all-conference w- women's team. G- give me what the actual team was, and then we can get into how that differed from what you voted. Yeah, so uh, we could vote for six players. There must have been a tie because there are seven players mm. uh, that were actually listed on the preseason all-conference team. Like I said, uh, Montana State transfer, Fallon Freya, Transferring from North Dakota was voted the preseason MVP. And she's never played a game for Montana State, so no, that's interesting. She sat out last year. Yeah. Right, and I think that's just a factor of, of this year. I mean, like I said, the entire first and second team all-conference from last season just gone this year. I mean, so yeah. what do you do? I mean, and she averaged, I think, like 13 points, 7 rebounds or something in North Dakota. She's a really good player. Um, so she was the preseason MVP. Uh, also on the preseason all-conference team, Montana's Mackenzie Johnston, Idaho State's Estefi Ors, uh, Portland State's Kylie Jimenez, who I talked about a little bit earlier, Sac State's Kennedy Nicholas, uh, Montana State's Oleana Squires, who, again, I talked about a little bit before. She was on the third team all-conference last season, so she like has the best pedigree out of any of these players. She's yeah. you know, one of the two returns on the third team, and then rounding it out, um, Idaho's Gina Markson, who was freshman of the year last year. Uh, the thing with my team is I, you know, if you look at this, Johnston, Jimenez, Squires, Markson, four out of the seven are, are point guards. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of looking at that and I was like, well, I don't want to put just all point guards on here because I was, I kind of wanted to do that. I mean, you, yeah, I was running around the office being like, well, I kind of want to put five point guards on my team, you know, because <laughs> I just think that that's where a lot of the talent lies in the conference. Anyway, um, I matched with the media on... Johnston, Squires, Freya, Nicholas, and Kylie Jimenez. So five five of my ballot made it to the all-conference team. Yeah. Um, I had Kylie Jimenez as preseason MVP just because I love her game so much. Um, you know, like Cardenas, who I was talking about earlier, um, she's, she's a tiny, tiny point guard. This is uh, Portland State's point guard, Kylie Jimenez. I'm talking about, but the way she, she controls a game is just magical. The ball handling, the passing, great defender. I think she led the conference in steals last year. Just a, must be just an absolute pain to play against, both as a player and as a coach, because you know that you can't get her off her game. 
Um, she can shoot it when she gets it. Um, you know, I don't think she'll score enough to actually win MVP by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's my favorite player in the league, and she's an incredible player. And I just, you know, gave her the vote. And, I mean, we could see her usage rate go up a ton this year with Portland State losing what they lost. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the other player that I had on my ballot who was not on the, the preseason all-conference as voted was Northern Colorado's Allie Meyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, led the led the conference in rebounds last year. Um, I believe she was the only person in the conference that averaged double digits in rebounding last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only averaged like seven points a game. But again, Northern Colorado doesn't have Savannah Smith this year, so she's going to have to take over a lot more of the scoring load. Um, so that, w- that was my team. Uh, Johnston, Squires, Freya, Meyer, Jimenez, and Nicholas. Um, and I guess we should talk about Estefania Ors. Estefania Ors. Uh, yeah. I, am, I just shafted Idaho State a little bit this year. Um, um, uh, so a common occurrence here at the Idaho State Journal, shafting, shafting the Idaho State Bengals. Yeah, yeah which, which I apologize for. So Ors, I considered. Um, she averaged, let me check here, 12.8 points per game, 3.9 rebounds a game, You know, nearly three assists a game last year, shot over 40% from three. Pretty solid all-around numbers. Yeah, really good all-around yeah. numbers, especially when, you know, there's not a lot of talent coming back in the conference. Yeah. And those were good numbers, too, last year, because she was probably, what, the third option on offense? Right, yeah. after after Kenyon and, and Sailor Grandin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just am sort of... So the thing with being a third option is I think that's sort of the role that she's suited for. Right. You know, not being the first option. And I'm I'm curious to see how she'll sort of take over that role this year, like how she'll grow into it, how she'll expand her game. But, I mean, you you were around last year. I mean, good spot-up shooter. Well, I was around. I You I, didn't cover them. I covered one game, and I attended the conference tournament. So right. I wouldn't really, yeah. You're not an expert. All right, no, I, I won't not. put it on you. Yeah. Um, my impression of her is that she's she's a good spot-up shooter. You know, she can, she can slide inside if she's got a mismatch and, and post up. Um, but if you're asking her to create her own offense, she might be a little bit stretched. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see if that changes at all this year with the added responsibility that she's had. But the fact is, is that defenses weren't keying on her last year. And I'm just, I'm not sure how her game will translate. So I, I considered her, but, but passed on her, you know, of course, uh, very happy for, for yeah. Steffi to, <laughs> yeah. to get the, you know, that, that's good for a good for Idaho state and, and good for the program. And I mean, she's certainly deserving. I mean, honorable mention all big sky last year after being top reserve the year before that, and then top freshman the year before that. So she's working on a streak of, you know, three consecutive postseason honors. Right. Um, yeah. She definitely has the pedigree, definitely a defensible choice. Um, I also considered Gina Markson, who's the seventh, uh, pick on the team. Um, yeah, I mean, you can make the same argument for her. Without without Ferens, without Taylor Pierce, her workload's going to go up. You know, her usage rate's going to go up. She's going to get a chance to score a lot more this year. Um, she, I mean, she, nine points, four assists a game last year, shot it at the same rate as, as a Steffi did, you know, 41.1% from three. Uh, certainly a defensible pick there. The other player I really considered uh, was Northern Colorado's Alexis Chapman, Hmm. um, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, Really good shooter, like I said. I think she can run the offense. Uh, She averaged 12.8 points, you know, three rebounds a game, 
shot it, you know, 40% from the field, 35% from three, so it wasn't as efficient as some of the other players on the team. And I just I just went with her over I just went with Meyer over her for the for the Northern Colorado spot. So there you have it, the um preseason all conference Big Sky women's basketball team. Switching over to the men, the selected preseason all-conference team was Weber State's Jarek Harding, Montana State's Harold Frey, Montana's Saeed Pridget, Portland State's Holland Woods, and two from Eastern Washington, Mason Peatling and Jacob Davison. Uh, I was very – I almost had that same ballot. Um, I And when I'm looking at this, in my mind, Frey, Peatling – Harding, Pridget, and Woods are sort of the the obvious choices, right? Like like those are the obvious five, and then maybe your sixth is where you differ a little bit, and certainly I did. Um, as far as MVP, I had Montana State's Harold Frey. He's probably not going to win it. Yeah, you made the you made the same pick I did. Yeah, yeah Her, Harold Harold Frey and and Kylie Jimenez are are kind of similar players in the way that they just control the offense so well. Yeah, and and, and Frey is a guy that listen, uh, I. Jared Harding as a preseason MVP pick makes a lot of sense. Weber State's going to be good. He's going to lead the league in scoring. Presumably. Harold Frey is not going to score as many points. Montana State's not going to be as good as Weber State. But here's all the things that he did well last year. He ranked fourth in the conference in scoring, third in assists, second in free throw percentage, tenth in steals. He shot the three at 38.7% second assist to turnover ratio and, and eighth in minute. So he did everything like really well. He's a really solid player. I, I really like his game. Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't have to explain yeah, it to me. Yeah. Like we, I, know I, you know I also like Harold Frey's yeah. game uh, and we made sort of kind of similar hipster picks for MVP. It's definitely, yeah. it's defensible and it's, it's a fun pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about who, who is your sixth spot though? So my sixth spot, uh, this is funny, um, but it's actually Northern Colorado senior reigning defensive player of the year, Jonah Radabaugh, who, mm. who is all alone on the All Big Sky mullet team. Yeah, um, yeah. I really like Jonah Radabaugh. He's another guy. He's not going to score enough to make the first team all-conference. He'll, he'll probably be a you know second or third team honorable mention guy. Um, but he's another guy that just does a lot of things well and is, I think is kind of just underrated and undervalued. I mean, last year he led – the league in minutes and was 11th in rebounds and he's a six foot three guard yeah and he he was 11th and he was 11th in rebound really good on defense obviously he was the defensive player of the year um here's here's my thing with with jonah i actually have a couple things so other than his raw numbers 9.5 points 6.1 rebounds 2.4 assists pretty good all-around numbers Someone's got to pick up the scoring slack since jordan davis and his 23.5 points per game are gone as you were saying with Estefania Ors, I don't know if Jonah Radabaugh can be that number one guy. They still have Bodie Hume there. He averaged almost 11 points per game last he's year. He's the shooter. Yeah, he's, he was the freshman of the year last year. Um, but Jonah Radabaugh's scoring total will probably go up. He's, you know, he's not going to average 20 points a game. Maybe he'll average 15 points per game. Right. I think his numbers are going to go up. I think his team is going to be good. Uh, part of the reason I also voted him is because I've seen him absolutely just wreck Idaho State multiple oh, times. Oh, there you go. And so I'm watching this guy every time he plays ISU, and I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. Uh, I just want to spit out a few of his splits against ISU. 10.8 points, which is – these are all above his uh, three-year averages, by the way. Against ISU alone, 10.8 points, 8.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 1.2 steals, 
and he's 13 of 29 from three-point range. So he has absolutely just tormented ISU over the years as a 6'3 guard that just out-rebounds everybody. In six games against ISU, he has 52 rebounds, which is by far the most rebounds he's pulled down against any Big Sky opponent. Interesting. Um, and I it, like those stats, man. Thank I like you, yeah. that you look those up and that you... Yeah, I mean, we hear that we hear that Idaho State wants to rebound and, and actually box out people this right. year. So we'll, and we'll see if he can yeah, do that this year. Exactly. But. Like a, a large part of that is ISU being bad at rebounding and Jonah Radabaugh being good at rebounding and also ISU leaving him open for uh, left corner threes a lot. You right. Know what I mean? like that's, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, I expect Jonah Radabaugh's numbers against ISU to go down, but um, I'm a big fan of his game. Oddly enough, Bill Evans also loved Jonah Radbaugh. Every time I asked him about UNC, he always mentioned him. So, Bill, if you're out there, I'm on. I'm, I'm on the same page with you about Team Radbaugh. About Team Radbaugh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's kind of that's kind of all I had on that. Um, my like I said, my votes were pretty close to the rest of the media and coaches and sports information directors when it came to the preseason all conference men's team. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, let's do let's do some lightning round stuff real quick here. Oh, I'm not ready for this, but let's do it. Yeah, that's the point of lightning round. Let's I want just you catch to catch them by surprise. All right. Yeah. So let's do uh, team team in your the bottom half of, of your poll who you think could could make a jump. Your, your sleeper team per se. The bottom half. Well, yeah. So the Utah is sixth. I won't do I won't do that though since they're barely. In the bottom half, um, we've already talked about Portland State and why they could jump up. Um, I mean, ISU, for all the same reasons, the fact that they're unknown and they have all these new parts, ISU could certainly jump. Um, you know, like I said, Jared Sussman's going to be probably have a lot better season. I think he averaged like eight points per game last year after averaging 15 points as a sophomore. So I think his his numbers will go up. Ballant Moshan's a really good all-around player. They've got a bunch of new guys a bunch of JC guys that are pretty much unknown that could end up being really good. Um, Ryan Looney is a really good coach. He has a good proven track record. Not at this level, though. True. Never. He's never been a D1 head coach. And I will also say that generally his first year at a new program is kind of rough, and then he, he builds from there. So, um, But all that being said, just the fact that ISU, just we just don't know. Like They are certainly a candidate to you know creep up into that upper half the standings cool uh team from your top four who you think is most in danger of, of falling out uh <laughs> probably my guy jonah radabaugh and the unc bears um for the simple reason that jordan davis is like just he's an all-time talent and right. his 23.5 points per game and his freakish athleticism are gone and they had um, a guy like that before that right andre spite andre spite that's yeah. that's another so thing they, they've had guys like that for a couple years right and now they're they don't know what they have and that's another thing i forgot to mention with jonah radabaugh is he's always been on the same team as either jordan davis or andre spite or both so he's never really had to score right like they've right. always but anyway yeah uh for those same reasons i think unc could drop a little bit because they gotta pick up the slack on the scoring um so that would be my pick for that okay under the radar player and I, I have the list of all conference nominees for the women in front of me. You do not I have do not, the same correct, list for the yeah. men. But somebody who who nobody is talking about, who you think could be a first team all conference or second team all conference player by the end of the year. I mean, I would say somebody who is not on the list of nominees. Jonah but, Radabaugh, probably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. I mean, I'd, I I wouldn't be surprised. Cur- cur- I, curse you, Madison! Uh, and your your hipster picks. I, I wouldn't. Was he on the list of nominees? Well. 
Yeah, yeah, he was. But he like, was. I, I, I'm fairly certain. I That's was the, a fair pick. Yeah, no, you. I get, think I was the. Get, only, I think I was the only person who voted for him. You get full. Yeah. You get full hipster cred for that pick. We, I, won't, we won't make yeah. you pick anybody else. And like you said, I don't have the list in front of me. I mean, Jared Stutzman wasn't on that list, but like I've kept saying about Jared, he's a very good. He's a very good shooter. A very good player. Um, when he's on, he, he he didn't have it for whatever reason last year. I think teams kind of learned how to guard him. I also think he kind of had a nagging injury throughout the year and just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, so I think, you know, if Jared Thussman plays like we, like he can, and those of us who watched ISU two years ago when he kind of splashed onto the scene, J- Jared Thussman can be a 15, 16-point-per-game all-conference guy. So he, you think he's that guy for Idaho State if you had to pick one? Yes, absolutely. I think he's going to lead ISU in scoring this year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh I'll, I'll run down the same questions real quick. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask, do you want me to give you the same lightning uh, l- lightning burst round, whatever well, you're I, th- I think it's pretty fun, you know. It is fun, yeah. Go, yeah, go, go for it. Uh, sleeper <laughs> team for my bottom half, I guess, would be Idaho because I picked them so low for the women. Uh, I picked them seventh. Uh, they're second in, in the media and coaches poll, so that's kind of cheating. Uh, I will say keep an eye on Sacramento State. I mean, Kenny mm-hmm. Nicholas is one of the best players in the league. I don't think they have a lot of talent surrounding her. But, you know, she's the kind of player who can who can take over and win a couple games. Um, and I also like, uh, well, no. We'll just say Sacramento State, I picked them 10th. Um, let me see here. Everybody else picked them 9th in the media poll, 10th in the coaches poll. Um, but they do have that talent. The team for me that could fall out of the top four, oof, I really believe in Eastern this year. I don't think that their floor is that low, so I'll say Northern Colorado, mm. uh, who I picked fourth. Um, like I said, Ali Meyer coming back, Alexis Chapman coming back, who's a player that I really like, but just who who knows? You know, I dropped Idaho so far because they lost just transcendent talents. Northern Colorado did the same thing. Um, and if things don't work out there, things could go pretty badly for them, you know? Uh, right. Yeah. And they also, you know, that name keeps popping up, Savannah Smith. I mean, she's one of the best of all time, and you lost her, and you're going to take a step back. Right. I yeah. mean, and how do you sort of how do you rearrange your offense after not having a player like who was basically the Steph Curry of the Big Sky? I mean, yeah, Pierce was probably a better spot up shooter, but the things that Savannah Smith could do, you know, running the pick and roll, stepping back into threes, it's just just crazy things. And how do you sort of rejigger your offense without that talent to run it anymore? We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, I I like Jenny Huth as a coach, uh, but if things go badly, they could go badly, very badly, you know? And I think the last one was um, a non-all-conference nominee who could make the all-conference team, correct? Is that our last rapid-fire lightning round zip-dee-doo-dah here? Yeah, and if we're going, <laughs> if we are nominating an Idaho State player, I... Well, it doesn't have to be an Idaho State player. I know, yeah. uh, correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, I... It's a well-known fact on this podcast that I love Diablo Canate. You do, yeah. Who uh, just won the gold medal with France, by the way, in the World Beach Games. Yeah, in Qatar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So congratulations to Diaba and her teammates. Um, we'll we'll talk with her about that more when she gets back. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of just pure physical talent and the way she plays the game and the you know her basketball sense, uh, she can be up there. Uh, we'll see how much playing time she gets. The other one for me, uh, as people who followed me at Montana will know. Uh, charter member of the Sammy Fatkin fan club at Montana. Uh, Fatkin transferred from Arizona, played for them last year, sort of was in and out of the rotation, dealt with a couple injuries, I think. When she's on, really good ball handler, some flair to her. 
good jump shooter, off the dribble, spot up, I think has the potential, and this is sort of a commonality with uh, Diaba Kanate, I think they both have the potential to be one of the best defenders in the conference. Um, mm. Perimeter defenders, I think uh, Diaba's more quick. Sammy Fatkin's just really long. I mean, she has power five conference length. Mm. Um, you can put her on the opposing team's best scorer. If it's a guard, you can put her at the top of, the, of a zone. She'll just get a ton of deflections because of that. So uh, a player that I've been standing for for a while. Uh, sure. But if we're talking deep cuts, keep an eye on her. Well, that is it for us for, for the week. Andrew is headed up to Moscow to watch the Battle of the Domes between Idaho and Idaho State on the gridiron on Saturday. Uh, we'll have plenty more on that next week. Any closing thoughts? I don't think so. I think uh, we, you know, 40 minutes on basketball. It's that, pretty good, yeah. If that tells you how excited we are about this season, I'll just reiterate again, we'll be, we'll be ramping up the coverage. I know uh, Madison has Idaho State men's first game next Wednesday. First exhibition on Wednesday. I'll have um, some preview content for that. Um, I've, yeah. I've got another week or so for the, before the women start after that. Um, but we'll, have, we'll be ramping up previews. We'll be, of course, ramping up the early season analysis what we see out of those games, where we think the season's going, and you know, stay tuned to the ISJ Sports Podcast. All right. We will be back next week for one episode at least, maybe two. Stay tuned.